Welcome to our podcast. We're so excited to have you along for this journey. My name is Ann Madison, and I'm the Executive Director of Peace Restored. I will be your host as we discuss mental health and faith in our podcast. Seeking Healing, Finding Hope is a production of Peace Restored, a 501c3 nonprofit located in Indiana and serving women everywhere. So today in our studio, we ha- I have with me Becca Gilmore. Um, she is on staff with us here at Peace Restored. And she is our class facilitator and also works as a counseling intern with us. She um, is currently attending Liberty University, and so we're excited to have her with us. Um, If you haven't been listening to our previous podcast, um, you should go back and listen to the series on boundaries, especially because Becca has become our resident expert on boundaries here (laughs) at Peace Restored. She's led several classes and groups on boundaries, and um, now she's been helping us um, not only um, facilitate the Boundaries podcast, but she writes it too. Um, so she's, like I said, she's become our expert on this topic. I think she probably knows the most out of all of us. So I don't know about uh, that. <laughs> I'm learning with you. Yeah, she she's done a really deep dive into the Boundaries material. So I'm excited to have you back in, and we're gonna jump in and talk about some more. So thanks for coming back and joining us again today. Thanks. All right, so to d- so what can you g- do a quick recap of what we talked about this last time on our podcast with yeah, the audience? So for the last episode, we discussed a couple of conflicts between boundaries with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about um, relationships when there's two people that are both compliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one we talked about um, where one person's compliant and then there's an aggressive um Controller, I mm-hmm. believe it was. Yes, yeah. yes. So we we talked about the roots of those, mm-hmm. where where that comes from, um, and then some action steps to kind of yeah. work through that too. Yeah. So we tried to give a little bit of the define what they are, how it affects you, where did it come from, and then how do you move but, forward? Yeah. All right. So today we're going to continue the conversation about relationships with our friends and boundaries. And we're going to talk about two different types of um, conflict types, if you will. And so the one is the compliant manipulative controller. And then the other one we're going to talk about is the compliant non-responsive. Mm-hmm. So let's start off with the compliant um, manip- manipulative controller. Sorry, my tongue gets tied with that one. So mm-hmm. when we think about that one, how would you define that dynamic? Yeah, so it's when the compliant person will always say yes to helping the manipulative controller with any last-minute mm-hmm. self-induced emergencies yep. that happen, um, which ends up leaving the compliant friend feeling um, used and exploited. Mm. So they're like, and when you use the word emergency, let's define emergency. Because you said self-induced emergency. Yeah. So can you give an example of what that might be? Well, I think of the... Uh, manipulative controller not taking responsibility for things so maybe waiting until the last minute for a paper that needs to be submitted Mm -hmm. yeah and then calling up your friend um, that's pretty compliant and will just kind of come in and save the day and either write the paper for them or give them notes and just frantically trying to help yeah um, when it's something that could have been completely avoided yeah planned that's good yeah Yeah. so they're just they're just like, I'm going to help you. I'm here to save you. Yeah. And the other person has. They're depending know. on that. Yeah, they're depending on it. <laughs> They've learned they can count on it. Yeah. And so it enables them to continue waiting until mm-hmm. the last minute for things. And Yeah. 
So they're manipulating the situation to get what they need. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good example of there's the homework. I haven't done it. I put it off and put it off. I know how I can get it done. I'll just call my friend. Yeah. (laughs) And they'll come to my rescue. Yeah. I think of too, like um, a lot of the times the manipulative side, um, they're Mm -hmm. not consciously, consciously trying to manipulate Mm -hmm. their friend, um, but they just keep getting in a jam and yeah. so who's the first person they think of that'll fix it yeah just call them because that's what like you said that's what they've learned to rely on so they yeah. just keep defaulting to that and so when you think so that they continue in that cycle because it it's what they know it's what they're used to but what are some of the symptoms you might see coming out of that relationship when you think about yeah the two some symptoms would be the compliant um, just continues to feel um, resentment towards the other side, mm-hmm. um, resentment towards those last minute uh, requests. Yeah. And like her friendship is being taken for granted. Advantage of, yeah. And then she might even start to avoid her friend out of it. It's pretty severe, but. Yeah. But I mean, I can, as you're talking about that, I'm like, I think I would feel that way if I was the compliant person. And I was feeling take I was feeling taken advantage of, right? Yeah. That person is every time they call, they're like, Hey, hey Becca, yeah. <laughs> I got I got me an hour and I need to get this done. I got a deadline. You'd be like, I don't know about you, but I think I'd stop taking the phone call. I also think of the compliant person where they came from and being taught to avoid conflict. Mm-hmm. And so it might be easier to just start avoiding their friend. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um that was one of the things I talked about with um, Taylor and our coping one is that that is one of my coping mechanisms is avoidance. So yeah. I, I, I relate, you know, cause I avoiding I feels comfortable at times, but it's not, it's a false sense of safety. I yes. think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's, it's just safe in that moment. Yeah. It's, it's doesn't, the stuff doesn't go away. Exactly. It's still there. You're just, there. You're just pro- prolonging <laughs> it and often making it worse. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that, that person, that relationship becomes um, a lot of times strained because yeah. it's like the only way I can stay in this relationship is if I avoid them. Yeah. And so instead of just having the hard conversation, I cannot mm-hmm. do your paper for you or I can't be your answer person. It's your responsibility. Kind of goes back to that knapsack and boulder conversation we had mm-hmm. at the very beginning yeah. of our journey of boundaries, right? <laughs> yep, for sure. So, and often those roots, just like we keep talking about, it kind of comes back from the very beginning, right? So, they didn't just wake up one day and say, "I'm just going to be a very compliant person." Yeah. Nor did they wake up one day and become that manipulative controller. Yeah. It's something that they've they've experienced been established early mm-hmm. on yeah. yeah so can you talk about some of the what that might look like for that person yeah so usually in this scenario of friends um, the manipulative controllers parents mm-hmm. always rescued her from any jams she ran into um, mm-hmm. well into her 30s you could say yeah um, and never having to face the responsibility and um, lacked the discipline and planning and mm-hmm. never was taught that. And then for the other side, the compliant um, didn't like the, let's say that, um, growing up, she didn't like the the hurt look on her mother's face mm-hmm. and whenever she would say no. And so she grew up being afraid to hurt other people's feelings um, yeah. and afraid of setting boundaries. 
And so then the compliant avoids conflict with friends or whoever it may be in her life. Yeah. So when you look at the roots, as we've talked about the roots of all these, and you really think about those, you can see the woundedness in that person, both for the compliant and the manipulative controller, right? Yeah. While there's a wounding that happened early on, um, one might one might pick one as being a harder wounding than the other, but I think that's that can be perspective too. Mm-hmm. And when we can look at that wounding, it gives a different perspective yeah. on that relationship of why. Because for me, I love to look back at the root causes I do too, yeah. because it helps us to understand why that person does what they do. Mm-hmm. And it helps helps us to be able to process through the reasoning when we can understand the reasoning it helps us more easily one change our behavior and two understand the other person's behavior yeah and i think action for both sides will be different you kind of have mm-hmm. to understand why they're doing it so that you're addressing it the proper way yeah. for the specific scenario yes yeah because everyone's going to be different yeah. of how you want it how you need to address it So that kind of takes us to the idea of that conflict, right? And then the ownership of for each side. So why don't you talk a little bit about the conflict that ensues um, and that boundary or the boundary conflict that ensues. And then how do they take ownership over that? If you can kind of talk about those two and we'll talk back and forth. Yeah. So we we mentioned it a little bit was just the um, controller side doesn't plan ahead and take responsibility for tasks she might know needs to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then naturally the responsibilities will just get away from her and she'll forget and wait till the last minute. Um, mm-hmm. And then ends up um, reaching out for the nearest compliant, I yeah. guess you could say. Yeah. Or the specific friend in this scenario, and then the compliant comes running. Yeah. Um, and so for the ownership side of this, uh, the cl- compliant needs to realize um, how their never-ending yes is contributing contributing to the pattern mm-hmm. and the illusion um, that the controller never has to plan ahead, I guess, is what yeah. the manipulative controller is thinking. Yeah. Um, and I think we've mentioned this before too, but the compliant trying to get out of that um, victim mentality. Mm-hmm. I mean, just stop thinking that they're the victim and that they can have the power and take responsibility for their no. Yeah. Um, yeah, be able to say that no clearly and be able to say that can be, it takes time to learn that. Um, so, yeah, so as we have that conflict of the boundary, I'm thinking of that, you know, as you were talking about that friend that just calls at the last minute, needing the help, yeah. and then there causes their that boundary's been crossed, and that that has that conflict between the two. The other one wants to avoid. The one needs the help. Yeah. I I think about how interesting it is that we all have these unspoken roles, yeah, and we we tend to because we've been we've kind of learned these roles early on. We mm-hmm. fall into them. And it just becomes like almost this natural yeah. response mechanism over time. And so that's where I think why this is so challenging for so many people when we talk about boundaries. And so like, I don't understand. This is all I've ever done. This is all I've ever known. And that's why we we're spending so much time talking about this because the things that we're talking about that 
people do naturally. Mm-hmm. It is they do do it naturally because that's what they know. It feels natural to them, and that's why it's such a challenge to change the boundary. Um, and so, because I just I just kept thinking about man, it's just it's just such a natural. Because you're talking about how the um, the uh, sorry forgot the word the manipulative controller Mm -hmm. um goes out and finds that compliant person if you will and it's interesting how those two just kind of go together if you will and how they do they they almost like they're magnets and they just go and they find each other and they just come to each other because they they know their role and they know it well yeah not even on purpose Mm -mm. but Right, because it's not like we walk around name tags. Hi, my name is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm compliant. I'll yeah. do everything for you. Right, we yeah. don't we don't know that nobody's wearing a sign, but it, there is almost like this unspoken magnetism, and it's because that innate desire to, as a compliant, I want to find somebody I can be compliant with. Yeah, even though it's a friction with inside of us, and the and the manipulative controller, they're trying to find someone to fill that need for them to. Yeah, be able to have everything taken care of. So it's just, it's very interesting. And if you're in that space, you know, you might be thinking about, well, how do I get out of that? So let's give them some action steps of how can they, what can they do with that? Yeah. So it's a common theme that I'm starting to see too, um, for each side of every friendship conflict, Mm -hmm. um, that you never want to just start setting boundaries without finding a support system first. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and you always want to practice with those safe people. Yes. And throughout that, it'll empower you to be confident in your no. Yeah. Um, and to be okay if somebody doesn't respond okay back. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely, I think, the first step. And then throughout that, you continue yeah. making those steps with people standing behind you. Mm-hmm. That's really important. To I I love the idea of the practicing. Yeah. Especially with somebody who's safe. Um. Because the more we do practice, the more natural it becomes too. Yeah. As you think about anything that you've taken on that we've learned, if you're um, maybe swimming, I think would be as an example that pops in my head, um, if you go swimming, if you're not a strong swimmer, the more you practice swimming, the more you do that activity, um, the better you become at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stronger swimmer you'll become because you put the practice and the intentionality yeah. into it, you learn that skill. It's the same with the boundaries that we're talking about. Find somebody safe to help you through that, just like you'd find a coach mm-hmm. when you're working, when you're practicing. If you're trying to be really intentional with a, learning how to swim, you're going to find a swim coach. They're going to yeah. teach you how to do everything. They're going to teach you the right strokes and mm-hmm. all the things. You need to find somebody who's a good coach or somebody who's a good counselor or a mentor that can say, I'm going to walk with you on how to do boundaries. But make sure you find somebody who knows how yeah. to do boundaries correctly, mm-hmm. not just as going to. Because you, you don't want them to lead you incorrectly. Yeah, opposite way. Yeah. So you want to find that accountability partner who understands boundaries. So then that takes us into the next um, conflict type in the boundary, in the friendship boundary dynamic, which is the compliant non-responsive. So can you, Becca, explain uh, or define what that is? Yeah. So in this one, and this is where the compliant... Uh, feels like they do most of the work in the relationship. And we're seeing a common theme here again, I feel like, mm-hmm. with the compliance side. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that it's more important to them um, than the non-responsive because mm. they're doing more of the work. Mm. Um, and then the not on the other side, the non-responsive may be wondering what the problem is. They might be a little oblivious to it. Yeah. 
because they're not doing as much right. of the work. You know, they don't know. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah. Like, everything feels fine to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when we look at that, when I look at that relationship, sometimes those compliance, they might tend to have a little bit of feelings of um, depression. Maybe they might be resentful. Um, they might even think like, gosh, I'm really unimportant mm-hmm. because they're not getting acknowledged, right? Because the other person's yeah. unresponsive. They're being prioritized. Yeah. Like, I don't feel special. Yeah. And it's not like we're saying they need to be put on a pedestal. We're just saying they need to feel valued. Yeah. No balance in the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So they're not feeling that. Um, So the non-responsive, though, they might feel overwhelmed because their friend has so many needs and demands. Mm -hmm. They're like, what is wrong? They're constantly needing something from me. Yeah. But they're kind of disconnected almost, it sounds like. And that makes me think, too, for the compliance side, like how hard of a feeling that could be to feel like a needy. Mm. that's such a negative term too yeah 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 because we don't want to i don't i think most people don't want to feel like they're needy yeah because that feels like you said negative mm-hmm. mm, yeah so i think again we can we can probably at this time most people can guess where the roots are i mean yeah. if you've been listening to us any amount of time by now you're like ah oh, I know what they're going to say, where the roots started. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it goes back to how we were formed in those early relationships. But there's also um, some more to that. So can you explain a little bit about that, um, the the root part of? Yeah. So um, here the compliant is fearing that if they don't do all the work, Mm -hmm. that they're going to be abandoned. And that's a a hard one. That's That's tough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, so they work harder mm-hmm. um and they become a worker rather than a lover i guess you could say yeah. um they're working to keep that relationship rather than genuinely loving and doing things yeah. like out of the kindness of their heart because yeah, if i do enough they'll keep yeah. me here and they won't leave me yeah yeah and then the other side of that the non-responsive has never had to work for relationships mm-hmm. and they might passively they just take from important mm. relationships yeah, and yeah. there's never been any friction before mm-hmm. um they've never lost anybody by being by not mm. being responsive yeah so yeah so that non-responsive person they've never really had to work super hard to keep the relationship around like you said they're mm-hmm. they're passive so i would imagine that the other person is working really hard yeah. to try to keep them around, but then that causes that friction. Like, why are they working? Because that working that really hard, I think, from the yeah. the compliant side, probably feels needy from the non-responsive side. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. It is, but I can I can see um, when you talked about that abandonment um, side, I can think about someone who maybe was brought up in a family dynamic where um, they maybe had avoidant parents or mm-hmm. maybe there was um, maybe there was a parent who left them and or there was a break in a relationship growing up. And so they're thinking, man, if I could have just done more, yeah. I could have kept my family intact. That might not be how they think now, mm-hmm. but sometimes as a little sometimes as a kid, you have that thought, man, if I just would have been better, more compliant, more better behaved, um, they would have stayed. Yeah, they would yeah. have stayed together. Or if I could have been better behaved, maybe they wouldn't have fought as much. Yeah. 
And as kids, sometimes we take on the weight of something that's not ours to take on. Mm -hmm. What happens is our brain translates that and goes, yep, see what you got to do. Now you have to do the rest of your life. You have to do all the things. Yeah, if you want people to stick around. Yeah, because if not, they're going to leave you. Yeah, what a lie. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that I think... um, I think a lot of people hold on to that, especially as I as I've we've worked with women here. I hear that in a lot of women's hearts as they're they've been through their own struggles. Is man, I'm I'm going to be left alone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be. Um, I think that's one of our biggest fears as humans is to be left alone. Yeah, I think so too. Well, cause, you know, what if? Because I think we equate not being alone. So having company and companionship with love. Mm-hmm. Value. Value, yeah. I'm loved. I'm valued if. Somebody's here with yeah. me. And if not, me. and I've been abandoned, left alone, then I'm not valued. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I just encourage you, if this is where you're at and you're listening to this, man, this is heavy. And today, this is a little heavy today. Um, and often it is when we're in the podcast room because the topics we talk about aren't easy to walk through, but they're necessary because if we don't start picking at those little spots um, and poking at a little bit, not in a mean way, but to say, hey, there's something we need to look at, then we're not going to be able to work on that. And that's what we really want to do because we keep talking about that intentionality, being very intentional Mm -hmm. and purposeful as we walk through our own stories to heal because we can't heal if we don't work through them. One of the things I, I'm being reminded of that we say here at Peace Restored is one of, and part of our mission is that we want women um, to learn how to work through um, their trauma, their difficulty, because we believe that each person has a God-designed purpose. And you can walk into that God-designed purpose when you know who you are. Mm-hmm. And part of that is by working through your boundaries and knowing who that is, knowing who you are, knowing what you believe in, what you need to hold steady. That takes us to the boundary conflicts and the ownership aspects for this friendship dynamic, which is the compliant non-responsive. So can you expand a little bit on that, Becca? Yeah, so the conflict here is that the compliant takes on too much responsibility Mm -hmm. for the friendship and that the non-responsive doesn't take enough responsibility. Mm -hmm. And they kind of have the mindset, why work when somebody else will? Right. I mean, it... When you think about it from that side, right, if everybody else is doing all the work, why would you? You're like, yeah. So it just kind of bit feeds into that yeah. um, ideology that, oh, if everybody else is doing it, then I might as well continue the road I'm on. It just keeps yeah, doing what I'm doing. That mm-hmm. It absolutely enables. That's a good word. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, we talk about the compliant takes on too much responsibility for that friendship. Everything is theirs to do. Everything. Mm-hmm. And that's I just think about that, how exhausting that has to feel. Yeah, it would. <laughs> Pretty exhausting. So what are some ownership things that they need? When we think about the ownership, what do they need to own? Yeah, so the compliant needs to take responsibility for making it too easy mm-hmm. on the non-responsive. Oh, and then they also need to become aware that their attempts to do all the work Mm-hmm. are coming from a disguised attempt to control love, mm. which that, is tough. Yeah, that is tough, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we think about um, this relationship, 
of friends and the compliant non-responsive. And I'm just going to say that if you're going to listen to this, friends is a broad term, right? Yeah. So it can be any type of friend relationship um, that there's things that both parties need to take responsibility for, yeah. right? Whether you're the compliant or the non-responsive, you have things you need to take responsibility for. And that's the same with any of the things that we've been talking about through through all this um these last through last few series on boundaries is there are parts that we need to take responsibility for regardless of what side of the fence you're on. So don't, if you're listening to this, don't listen to this as we're trying to um, make one person out to be the bad guy over the other. Now there often is something, one person or the other will have more to work on than the other. Mm-hmm. But we both always have room for improvement. And so we want to make sure that we're addressing our air, our side of the fence, like we talk about in the boundaries. We have to work on our side of the fence, and they have to work on their side of the fence. Okay. Um, our job is not to fix them. Their job is not to fix us. We have to, we can only work on me, ourselves. Yeah. Right. And so that kind of brings us to the action steps that we can take. There's several action steps we can take or ways that we can take action because again we want to implement what we're learning not just taking knowledge mm-hmm. so how can we take action if we are a compliant if we're in the compliant non-responsive relationship yeah so once again too because the compliant is the one that's unhappy in the relationship and the non-responsive doesn't really see anything wrong because they're mm-hmm. not putting in that effort the compliant is the one that needs to take the first step and yeah. um reach out to some other supportive friends and practice setting those limits. Um, And then when they are finally able to confront the non-responsive and set that boundary, then the non-responsive has to do their share of the work Mm -hmm. or they risk losing the relationship. Yeah. And throughout that process is where the compliant will learn whether or not they had a mutual connection in the first place. Yeah. And if not, then it might be time for them to grieve mm-hmm. and move on to find some yeah. real mutual connection, friendships, I guess yeah. you could say. I think that you, there's a couple of things that pop in my head as you were talking. One is it is important that sometimes every relationship cannot be saved. Yeah. It's okay if a relationship ends. If you are setting healthy boundaries and that person leaves you, that's a them problem, not yeah. a you problem. Absolutely. They weren't really a true friend to you in the yeah. first place. They're not in a healthy place where they can be that friend that you need. Yeah. And so it's okay to grieve, as you said, because we do need to grieve that relationship and let it go. Yeah. It's disappointing to lose yeah. somebody that you maybe hoped could be a really good friend mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing that I that was popping into my mind as you were talking is there's a theme, and what we've been saying is it's almost always the compliant yeah. needs to be the one to do the work. And they might be screaming at us right now going, I'm already doing all the work. Well, yeah, it's hard to think of it that way. I kind of think of just not all the work. They just have to make the first step. Yeah, and I, I agree. But I yeah. think I, I'm just I'm adding it to that, their list of yeah, what they're, they're already, already doing. Yeah, because they're already yeah. sitting there going, man, I'm already doing the bulk of everything because they're the compliant person, right? They're picking up all the weight. Yeah. But I think the the big reason that pops in my head why, we want, why they need to usually be the first one that takes this first step is because they're the one that needs to surround themselves with safe people. 
Yeah, and they're currently allowing those harmful relationships mm-hmm. to just yeah. surround them and get worse. Yeah, so they're they're typically the compliant person has unsafe people around them. Yeah. Which if you don't know what a safe person is, we have a podcast on that. Mm-hmm. So you can go listen to it, but um if you're surround if you're in if you're that compliant person, you have unsafe people around you. So the reason why we want you to step out first is because you need to surround yourself with safe people. Mm-hmm. You need to find people that can be that soft place to land before things get worse. You know, because ultimately when we set boundaries, um, things a lot of times get worse before they get better. Yeah. Um, and and that can be scary, but I encourage you just to keep pressing on, to keep push forward, because it'll be okay. It will get better eventually. Um, and some relationships will end. Uh, we're not saying everything's going to be rosy and um, perfect, but um, if but your the way you relate to people and how it affects you as an individual will get better. Yeah. And how you're um, again, if we go back to that purpose statement we had earlier, is because of that you're going to be able to live out your God-designed purpose because you're going to know who you are, who you were designed to be, and that you were designed for a purpose. And that you do have, you are loved and you have value and all those things. And so find somebody safe that you can talk to that can help you through this. And that's not saying that if you are on the other side of the fence that you don't need to find somebody safe to help you through. Absolutely, 100% mm-hmm. you do. But I think that compliant person might need a little bit different yeah. um, grouping first because that's just the way that it works. Yes. Um, so again, thank you, Becca, for joining us today um, as we continued our conversation on boundaries. It's been a really good conversation today. Yeah, it has. Um, I hope um, people have enjoyed our conversation. Um, throughout this year, we're going to continue to have more podcasts on the topic of boundaries. Uh, and so just keep coming back. If this has been um, a topic that you've enjoyed, um, one, let us know in the comments or, um, you know, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear your feedback because um, we're not just doing this for our own benefit. While we do as an office gain a lot from learning yeah. on these topics together, because while we um, all work in mental health here at Peace Restored, we are growing together with you, as Becca said earlier. But we're not doing this just for our own sake. We want this to be a benefit to our listeners. So please give us some feedback. Let us know what you're thinking of these. Um, Hopefully we're getting better over time and not worse. Um, But um, because we're trying to hone our skills on podcasting, I think we're at least getting more comfortable between the behind the mic at least. Um, But um, we're 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 working on getting better at producing better content for you. Um, So with that, if you are looking to learn more about Peace Restored, if you want to go to our website which is peacerestore.net. We'll also have more information on our show notes for you to check out where you'll find some links, additional content, and some videos. Um, Over the, like I said, over the next few weeks, um, we'll be producing more um, podcasts for you, so keep coming back to hear more. Um, You can also go on our website to see more content. And if you want to reach out to our staff, if you are a woman over the age of 18, we'd be happy to schedule an appointment for you. Join us on our next podcast where we will continue to discuss mental health and faith. So come back next time for transformation, growth, and power. This is Peace Restored.